Hi, I'm Trini. And I'm Astrid. And welcome to It's a Continent, the podcast that widens access to African history. We're also the co-authors of the book by the same name. You can find out more information about us on itsacontinent.com. So we're here to challenge the common misconception that Africa is a country and appreciate the identity of each nation. And through each episode, we'll be exploring key historical moments which have shaped the continent. Hello, we're here in person. We never do, actually, this is the first time we've done this. This is our first kind of live interview. And yeah, we are here with Juliana. Just thought we'd have a catch up, talk about podcasting, book, a book that we've been mentioning a couple of times, but we haven't really been talking about it that much. No, 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 not that much. What book? book? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, honestly, I'm so excited to have this conversation and just, yeah, yeah, catch up, catch up. Yes. Wow, where do I start? Like, I feel like I'm just taking over right now. <laughs> Please do. Please do. <laughs> so yeah, I'm sure, like, first of all, congratulations on the podcast, the book launch. Like, it's so incredible to see the evolution. Like, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So never expected it. Never expected surreal. it. Surreal. <laughs> yeah. Surreal is, yeah, is the word, definitely. Yeah. yeah over the past two years, it's definitely wow. the word. Two years. For those of the listeners who don't know like who its continent is who you guys are like can you just obviously this feels a bit weird because it's on your pod yeah yeah but i think we can reintroduce ourselves always because now you you know you've got our faces it's all it's all technical and digital out here um so i'm astrid and i'm chinny and yeah we've been doing it's a continent podcast for two years we started it just a little bit before lockdown the whole Mm -hmm. covid happened but yeah, it's really helped us, actually. I don't think how we would have survived the COVID years oh, without honestly. having the podcasts mm, and stuff. But yeah. we focus on African history. So we take a country and then discuss a particular moment in history and say, you know, what was going on in there. And yeah, our listeners get to learn alongside us because we're not historians. No. We just we learn as we go. <laughs> we learn as we go. Yeah. Let's take it back to before the podcast. Yeah. How do you two meet? Unless you did meet during COVID. Oh, imagine, that, imagine. that would have been a way no. too much activity. No, um, no. So, <laughs> so we met 2015. 2015, yeah. Oh. Internship, the Black Nod. <laughs> the Black Nod. That is, uh, yeah. Has really sealed our fate in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we looked across the table, the only two black girls, you know how it is, white spaces, internships, and you're like, you know, you do the little nods. Because everyone was like, they had told us, okay, it's best probably that you guys live together. Um, and so I was like, right, nobody was talking to me right now. <laughs> and it's quite uh, obvious why. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, okay, I'm receiving a nod of acknowledgement and mm. I know I'm living with her. And yeah, that was it. That was literally it. The that nod was, sealed the friendship. Sealed, sealed, sealed it. Really? Yeah. We've just, yeah, been in contact since. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. So then I'm assuming you ended up living with each other? Yeah, we lived together. In Reading. Worked in the same company. Yep. Then I followed her again. Worked with another company. <laughs> another company. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, and we've just kept in touch and have always wanted to have a project together. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, it just perfect yeah. time i don't know what i know it sounds so much like a film where people are like oh gosh it was all about the timing but honestly it was 
really good timing in terms of where we were at and what we wanted to do and just like beyond the sort of like day job and having that sense of like just creativity because say yeah. we're quite creative people mm-hmm. yeah yeah because yeah. I always was like okay I was writing stuff like magazines and things but when Astrid said oh, should we do a podcast I was like well, that's why I bought my Mac like <laughs> obviously yeah, yeah. Like, I'd bought my Mac like years ago being like one day one day I'm not sure what on but you never know mm. so yeah it literally was a bit like the Jacob Zuba meme <laughs> you have to bring it to some sort of meme <laughs> <laughs> she'll make a meme reference and a football reference <laughs> with it was Jacob Zuba it aligned where are you actually from? It's a continent as well. Obviously, despite the nation, Africa is a continent. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. where on the continent do you guys come, come from? Yep. So like many other people, is it one in five? I don't know what the stat is Absolutely, now because it's yeah. getting Everybody. crazy. But yes. <laughs> probably one in two. <laughs> <laughs> Nigerian. Um, yes, yes. Half Edo states and half um, Abia states. So half Ibo, half Edo. Nice. Um, which, you know not a common combination i must mm. say but um <laughs> but still nigeria but still nigeria <laughs> so i'm congolese so from the democratic republic of congo and yeah but grew up in devon so um yeah as my mum liked to say we were one of the first few black people there it's not his like accurate but it, it gives, probably is because i think we're one of the first f- few black people in south end to be honest so oh, okay i'll end. claim it then as my historical but probably moment. yeah, yeah probably, probably. But, yeah that's that's me really do you think you guys living in places that weren't predominantly i guess diverse has given you a sort of different angle to this topic of africa as a continent and the richness of it I think it's because we heard it a lot more where we were because we did get the comment. I did get the comments about, you know, is it a jungle? Mm-hmm. You know, what was that? Oh, lions. have you like lions? You know, that's a lot more common in those environments, I think. So mm-hmm. it's a bit more heightened than you already are exposed to that. You don't have to wait until you start a full time job to be exposed to microaggressions. Like they literally start in your five, mm-hmm. you know, which yeah. is quite dramatic, <laughs> actually. It's not funny. Yeah, it's actually but, more, quite, um, we're used to it. Yeah, now I'm like, oh, microaggression. Okay, like, here we go again. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I think it probably heightened our feelings towards wanting people to, that educating piece, really, mm. um, because it just highlighted how the education system has essentially failed because people are still asking us these questions. <laughs> In terms of, like, starting the podcast, how did you go about, like, the planning, the... How did that happen? Or was it just conversations? Like, how did the conversations evolve? I feel like we communicate a lot, but we don't actually say a lot of words. We just give each other a look and then it just sort of happens. It's, it's really, we don't, we, there, are, there are no we words. We don't even actually, look. The funny thing is, we actually record blind. So we don't, <laughs> we don't actually see We're so sick of each other. <laughs> so the first few episodes we'd record like in a typical studio and then covid came along we're like oh what do we do i was like you know let's just do a phone call record it internally and then like record it internally you know do the production in another software it's actually much easier i think yeah yeah we don't even we don't we we don't see each other when we record (laughs) which is really weird actually thinking about it so i'm just used to being like I could close my eyes, literally. Yeah, just <laughs> well, I've got to read the script. Yeah. But, like, yeah, it's yeah. quite weird quite, in that sense. That <laughs> so, um, I guess you guys have, like, a... What's it called when you have a good um, rapport with each other? Yeah, definitely. I think we balance, kind of, each other in terms of, like... <laughs> I think we do, right? Yeah. 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 I feel like, yeah, 
I, I think it's a really nice balance that we create with it and we always kind of like check in with each other and the other person so I think it's really helpful to have someone who is that because I feel like doing this podcast with someone who was exactly the same as me would drive me mad oh yeah um, <laughs> so it's nice to have someone who's different and can actually say oh what about this and like mm. yeah oh, gosh I was about to go all corporate be like positively challenged but um, <laughs> but no like in a really good way because we're both like do you know what this is we never expected it to get to where we are now mm. and when we started it we were very much like we got our friends and family to listen to it we get to learn and I think that's the good thing about it it wasn't about putting out content mm. for other people it was content and information for, for us in a sense. Yeah. yeah and so it's so nice to see that it's resonated with so many other people and that's yeah. what I like about it is like yeah. the reason why we love it and the reason why we do it especially combining with a full-time job is the fact that we're learning and we're enjoying we're still enjoying learning about things and we'll send each other stuff on social and text and stuff and be like oh my gosh you should cover this so i think that's nice and i think yeah. that's what's kind of the passion behind yeah it, behind sure. it just keeps yeah, it going yeah, yeah yeah exactly you can definitely feel it like i remember yeah. listening to your first episode i was like so like I'm yeah. learning so much yeah, but yeah, there's yeah. banter as well like I'm yeah. laughing as well <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm laughing as well so would you say that that's the same in your friendship as well like that level of banter yeah it's basically because I think when we started it because it basically was like probably let's do a podcast Chini took out her laptop and started like writing things and researching courses and how we can like mm-hmm get the right tools and equipment and stuff. But I do think like, yeah, our relationship has really helped kind of like the process. It's mm. a bit like when Chini and I watch a documentary, we love a documentary. Mm-hmm. We have a glass of wine and then we're literally just like throwing shade. So and like, that's basically what that's you experience it. in the pod is me and Chini watching a documentary yeah. and just like- yeah, Just go for go it. Go for it. Yeah, that's basically it. So talk to me about the process of moving from audio to the written word. So translating that sort of lightheartedness, but also a level of seriousness about history. Mm. Talk to me about how that translated into you guys writing the book. So like in terms of the process, we, even within the podcast, we do script the podcasts to a degree. So it was similar in a sense, because yes, we, we normally would script the podcast anyway, but now we're like, oh, we actually have to like reference, reference. Like, mm. like, I have to yeah. go, like, what's Harvard? We had to actually go back and do all of that kind Throw of stuff. Throw back to uni. Yeah, just really make sure that it's properly... Not that... I mean, hey, it's all factual on our podcast, I must say. But it's just proper due diligence when it mm. comes to writing things. Um, and then also finding some topics remain the same. Other topics have been changed just because mm-hmm. of their relevance. And the podcast is quite different because it can be quite reactive. So, for example, we decided to do that oil episode because we saw a documentary on um, coca uh, production in... Ghana we're like this is another example of this kind yeah. of behavior mm. whereas with the book you're like oh, okay well when you decide it's kind of stuck isn't it you can't mm. update, update it us. unless you like <laughs> have another issue so yeah um the podcast is more reactive than the book but mm. the book's still like a good yeah it's definitely a good it's entry stuck. point yeah yeah definitely. and I think that's something with with the podcast and the book we never claim it to be an encyclopedia. No. There's Wikipedia out there, guys. Do you know what I mean? I can give you we can <laughs> the notes. <laughs> we'll have like a little link insert. Yeah, I mean, you can't be a Wikipedia wormhole. <laughs> yeah, you like can. Eleven PM. I'm on Wikipedia. Yeah, like, that's there's YouTube channels. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? We're not. We're so, not that. There's a lot of good resources out there, exactly. but it's about the things 
that interest us, the things that we get from listeners that interest us, that we're like, oh, yeah, actually, the listeners as well. As well. Yes. That, we really like that. Um, so send it to us. I think, was it the Chagos Islands that we got yes. researched? So we had a listener that sent us a whole piece on the Chagos Islands, and she was like, these are my Kindle notes. These are, wow. you know, this is, these are some articles I've read about this. This is a documentary you can watch. And she was like, I know that you guys can just string together an episode. And that's how we, that's yeah. how that came about. So if you fancy doing that, then we'll also <laughs> Yeah, because oh I think it's a really nice, because I was like, when we got it, we we're like, oh my gosh, this is super, I've this is what we do. It. And for someone to send it and be like, you guys are doing it. So fancy putting this together in a podcast. Well, yeah, we feel like people need to learn about this and we're learning. So yeah, honestly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas within the book form, it's slightly different because then you, sometimes the topic, okay, I have to, it's, got to be quite decisive or mm. you know it not necessarily reactive in that sense but yeah. it's, it is quite it's more similar than than you think just because of the scripting mm-hmm. aspect of the podcast no, that makes sense. i was going to say how does it feel to know that there's people like engaging with what you guys are sharing just in general actually freaks me out a little yeah. bit only because i'm like when people are like oh my gosh i went to an event uh, a couple of weeks ago oh, yeah. and someone was like oh you're that girl who does it's a continent podcast i was like ah <laughs> you know you're like yeah but i'm so like someone said that to me at recess and i was very scared really? <laughs> like, oh <my> God. <laughs> as you can tell we're very pro at this podcast a lot we're very good at it but yeah it honestly surprises me and i'm like because it's basically just having a chat the chinny and i and it doesn't feel like there's other people listening. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so I feel just feel like, oh yeah, no, we've got that chat booked in, half six. Yeah, we'll be focusing on this country and this is the topic. <laughs> we'll go through it, record it. And then it kind of goes out there. So that's the kind of point where my brain stops with it. I don't know about you. And then you forget because then the next morning you're like, oh, the episode is out. Then you look and you're like, oh, that many people have already listened. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you're like, oh, we did release that. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> But it's really nice to know that lots of people are learning along with us. And mm. as, as we said before, it's the interaction that we have with our listeners and the whole here are some topics. And we do topic polls on our Instagram mm. all the time and we get a lot of suggestions. And mm. that's that's actually how we plan our episodes, to be honest. We can kind of crowdsource the topics mm. from our audience. Or well, where and where did you write? Did you find your, did you write together? Did you write separately? That like, was the vibe when it came to the actual writing process. So we wrote, we split it. We kind of decided and kind of had thoughts on kind of topics that we wanted to cover mm-hmm. and things. And so then we would do little check-ins and go on retreats and things. Cause it is intense because I don't even know how we got through it because it was working full time. You then have the podcast because we still wanted to keep that still up. Keeping it up. Mm-hmm. You then have to write the book. And as part of the book, there's a whole other process around getting yourself out there and answering questions around like what do you want the cover to look like and all of a sudden you're thinking I didn't even think about that I'm just thinking about writing so it's just there's so many other bits and pieces so I feel like we did really well in terms of how we split it but then actually being able to question each other's kind of writing because we write slightly differently as well um so it was nice to kind of then find a middle ground between that so I think it was a nice way of because yeah, I think we would have been writing it forever if we both were at the same time. Like, yeah, because like at, at the beginning, I'd say it was more separate because once we decided our topics and you would then like write separately. And then as you get closer to the end of the process, you then become more collaborative because you have to find like a common voice between mm. the two of us. But then it's like not too much this way, not too much that way. It's kind of like a middle point. 
because mm-hmm. we, we really didn't want the tones to sound off yeah because they would have sounded very <laughs> initially it sounded very off yeah <laughs> so yeah it was around like well, one of us is quite formal I'll, I'll let you guess <laughs> <laughs> it was moments where you're like are we actually going to be using that word i'm just like it is not a dissertation yeah <laughs> i didn't get to write one so i kind of felt the need i was like okay i'm gonna make this happen guys i'm finally writing how did you like balance um writing with working your secret job and <laughs> everything in between like how did you balance all of that because it seems to have happened like so super it quickly was very quickly very quick to be honest it sounds a bit weird, but lockdown kind of helped a bit because it cut off the social aspect because I then didn't feel bad that I wasn't going out because there was nothing to go out to. So it kind of helped in that sense. It was those, that, that winter where I was just literally just right, 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 right. Because there was nothing else to do, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know what would, if it was a typical people out and about, I think it would be very hard to be honest. Yeah, to it have turned it harder. around that quickly. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, definitely. We made it happen yeah. in terms of just like how we work together and just being able to help each other out through the process. And where we're like, oh, this is going wrong and everything is going wrong. You then pick each other up. So I honestly don't know how people write by themselves. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's quite it's, it's a lot to go through and a lot of decisions, a lot of things to keep up with that. You're just like, oh, my gosh, yeah. it's nice to just be like, oh, it's a bit not going great at the moment <laughs> yeah yeah how um i don't think i asked this but how did you get approached about writing the book like how did yeah how did you feel when you found out or like yeah what was the process about yeah so i posted i was just posting the podcast everywhere as you do and i posted on this facebook group because i'm still on facebook for the groups groups are good groups are good, <laughs> mm, groups are good. Um, <laughs> so i was on like a people of color journalism type group and I thought okay might be able to get some guests or people interested so I just posted oh you know we have a podcast that's new and this is what we do if anyone knows of anyone or anyone who wants to be a guest please let me know kind of thing Mm -hmm. and then Joelle then commented I love this podcast oh that's nice we've got someone who likes our podcast (laughs) (laughs) we still love those so if you like it please share it to us we still get excited by that and then we don't get um yeah, uh, I get a Facebook Messenger message, which, I mean, I'm not on Facebook Messenger like that, so I probably didn't see it for a while. Then I was like, oh. she said, oh, really interested. Hi, you know, like I'm from um, Coronet, you know, I'm interested in perhaps turning your podcast into a book. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so that screenshot sent to Astrid and that that was really it. That was honest. it, yeah. Wow. Kind of took it from there, yeah. What, what was the feeling like? How did you feel? I mean, at the time it was... Um, because we still had to do like a, you know a book proposal etc etc so it was a lot of hard work and it was mm. a bit like applying for a job that you, your life depends on it that kind of thing because that was what it felt yeah, like yeah we just like oh like pulling together the uh, proposal and things like that yeah it was really um just surprising because we were like we were just not even a year in we weren't even a yeah, year yeah we in. weren't even a oh, year wow. in we yeah no. so we were just like oh, we get to do this really cool creative thing called a this podcast and it's about history. <laughs> so we were just like having, enjoying ourselves and we're like, oh, it'll grow. We'll just see how it goes. Yeah. So to be approached and actually be like, oh my gosh, people are actually, not in a bad way, obviously people listen because it's really good. But mm. just be like, wow, people it are resonates. listening and it resonates yeah. with them and they're really enjoying it. And I think not just from the publisher perspective, but also just some of the, um, we went on BBC Radio Ulster 
Ooh, yeah, that's Northern Ireland. Oh wow! Yeah, was, um, <laughs> we literally got approached. By it was, um, yeah, a producer messaged us on Instagram or something, just being like, "Oh, you know, my presenter really likes your show." So it was all completely yeah. different. Walks. He was literally so the presenter John Toll was like his yeah. son. His son listened yeah. to our podcast and was wow. like, "Dad, you've got to have them on." It's that element. It's that organic sort of people sharing it between each other because mm. I guess that's how you find podcasts right and I think that's the bit that I quite like that people are just finding it and being like oh it'd be quite nice to work with them what's the most shocking thing that you found out whilst researching a topic I think the I mean we we did this topic in the book as well but the Namibia genocide someone um had messaged us to cover it googled it and when we're doing like the research and everything and just very eerie to see how much it foreshadows the holocaust to come um and the fact that it was essentially genocide inflicted by germany within well germans colonial forces within namibia and it's really really dark Mm. um and it's something that should actually be explained in context within the context of world war ii but isn't um and what was nice is that we got a message from a teacher can't remember whether she was in the uk or not actually but she did mention that she was telling her students about namibia and what happened there within the context of world war ii mm-hmm. um which is really interesting because it just shows how the curriculum is slowly and surely being shaped by what we do so yeah because it all then makes more sense and it, is, it does become quite alarming when you realize that this isn't the first time that such thing has taken place what about for you astrid for me it has and i know we did this as a, as a podcast episode but i think it's always i don't know kind of hit home to me why we do the podcast it was the Chagos Islands oh yeah yeah I think just understanding the story of Chagossians and kind of Britain's involvement and Mauritius and how this Britain still has quality and so it's just that to me was so insightful and just highlighted like there is so many things that especially in the news or whatever because there's other things going on that we ignore that we always assume are kind of gone and like oh yeah no there's no one's colonizing anyone there's you know everybody's free to do whatever but actually you've got this group and community who aren't don't have that freedom and don't have that and Mm -hmm. for me that was really um yeah a really interesting insight and just was like so powerful because we learn a lot and for me that was just one of the most shocking things just to still learn to know that it existed still Mm -hmm. yeah you guys cover like some harrowing topics like some dark stuff Mm. do you have ways of almost dealing with that in between episodes because i'm sure it must be you must go deep into some of the atrocities that have happened it can be quite triggering i think with steve bicker was like oh this is actually really really heavy like his story um we did an episode on him as well and um it's quite difficult because you always feel like you're just switched on and attuned to this like any atrocity that you see you're like it links and it can be quite different i don't know how to there's not really a way to escape if i'm honest mm. i don't know is there <laughs> no i don't think i think we just we're very open about yeah. about it but also i think it's about yeah it's i think it's important to recognize that yeah the things that did happen and that's the whole purpose of kind of i think why we exist is to really share those stories and make it into a reality because it does get lost and people don't know about this and we didn't know until we we create an episode about it so yeah no i do think it's we do always try to kind of just share it and yeah have a good rant on the podcast that's what we're, that's what we're recording yeah. about mm-hmm. but yeah because even when we stop recording we normally just carry on and have like a bit of a chat and be like oh god 
gosh. Yeah. Like, have you called that bit or is that? No, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> like, can you get from behind the scenes? Behind the scenes. <laughs> get that picture. Of that. Yeah. <laughs> You'll find it on. <laughs> Some premium. <content>. Yeah. <laughs> it's so interesting that you mentioned, like, loads of teachers have, you know, approached you. And I always explain to people when they say, oh, what's this continent about? I'm like... If I was back in school, like, this is the kind of stuff that I would need to have been listening to because it's so informative. Mm. But just a off-the-cards question, did you guys study history, like, when you were growing up? No. Really? I have no, no history background. Um, yeah, more within the kind of marketing space is where I did it. But I've always had an interest in history. And so, for me, it was quite a nice element to explore and I think especially having grown up in Devon where there wasn't a lot of diversity and still isn't a lot of diversity but if you fancy moving feel free it was quite difficult for me you know I didn't really come into London until I was about in my early 20s and so for me being able to like connect to that part of me and it sort of feels like with the book it is writing it for me like you're saying around that younger self something that you really needed so then when I was in history class and we're just going through discussing the world wars I would sit there and be like, oh, wow, there really were no black people in this world wars. Like, do you know what I mean? But it's not, you don't know because it's not an element that is given to you when you're learning history. So you kind of take what the teachers are saying at face value. So I'm like, well, they've not shared any stories about Africans. So, well, there aren't any. But do you know what I mean? And so it's important to kind of highlight that within this. I did, I did history GCSE. Got all right, still holding on to the GCSE. Got, all right, all right. Thank you very much. <laughs> Uh, I did I did do sociology that kind of uh, but yeah no similar I've always I I actually nearly took it to A level but I had to choose between that and English lit so anyway don't (laughs) need to know about my educational history Um, (laughs) so um, yeah I did history in school but again focuses just on the Tudors you know, World War One, World War Two, no black people. Literally, just no black people. There were no black black people. people. Ancient (laughs) Egypt. I don't think ancient Egypt counts. (laughs) because <laughs> they're not showing like they're not really showing what what was actually happening. it's it's the it's the closest we got it's yeah yeah like nothing so yeah because it just reminds me of when there was like a project and it was like oh okay everyone everyone's grandparents who fought in world oh. war are you just like oh. triggering i honestly i understand what teachers try and do with that project but i don't think they realize for certain communities like right what point do I get to? Because I really don't Some know. Some of us don't even have family trees. Mm. So it's yeah. actually very, it's, wow. it's kind it's of being conscious about that. Because mm-hmm. mm. I remember I had like similar homework and then you're like, well, this is going to be pretty empty. You yeah. know, like you don't have, you know, we don't have that sort of vlogging system and being able to say, you know, this is as far back and you've got these kids, which is wonderful that they can kind of trace it back to some, I don't know, king or whatever. But mm. it's a privilege though, isn't it? Because, yeah. because their history hasn't necessarily been, or it's always been spotlighted. It's not, never been cast away, mm. been preserved by the victors. It's very easy, but it's actually quite difficult just trying to trace a basic family tree. So I think that's another inspiration mm. behind the podcast. Just as be well. careful on the homework that you're giving out to kids because mm. some of us, Still holding it in and help, needing a bit of therapy to work on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, I, th- I feel like we've covered like book and podcast kind of merged together. Yeah. But yeah, just going off of the specific questions about the book, like who is behind it all? Who's the It's a Continent team? Like, to me, sorry. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love the, word, the fact that you use the word team. It's so like, <laughs> we're part of a team. Does this count as line management responsibility? Because we're part of a team. <laughs> 
directors. Directors. The two directors. This this is the team yeah. of the the podcast. This is the podcast it's team. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, the podcast yeah. team is Shin and I. It's the two of us. It mm-hmm. can be quite tough because it's like, like indie podcast and all that stuff, isn't mm-hmm. it? Um, but it's good fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all the emails, messages. That's why we're so slow. It's more what we tend to do, and Chili does this more in the mornings. About like eight a.m., she'll send a message being like, "One of us will be like, check, check the inbox. Has anyone checked the inbox? Check the inbox." <laughs> and then you're like, "Oh God, okay, okay." And so then it's like, if it's a long one, we're like, "Yeah, let's do that later. We'll schedule in some time." Yeah. So we have to, yeah, yeah, check the inbox. Yeah. But yeah, no, this is the podcast team. This is it. Mm. <laughs> Sweet. How have your family, your friends, your community, your neighbours, you've spoken about, you know, the listeners, like, yeah, myself included. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 bop, bop, bop. But, uh, How have they responded to you, like, with the podcast and the now the book? How have they responded to everything, really? It was really, like, really positively. I went back um, to my hometown in Devon and stuff and was catching up with school friends that I'd go, grown up with and things. And they were like, Astrid, we always knew you'd do something like this. I was like, yeah, right. Do you know what I mean? And we always they, knew you'd be great. Yeah, you always knew. Like, <laughs> they were like, because um, when I moved to the UK, I had no words of English. My French was impeccable, but now it's terrible. And they were the kind of, my first kind of friends in Devon that kind of taught me how to learn English and things like that. And they were like, literally the only words you knew were hello and goodbye. And now you're writing a whole book in your second language. I was like, yeah, that is pretty wild, isn't it? So when I think about that, when I literally couldn't string a sentence together and now got a got a whole book with my name on it. So yeah, that's, that's not, it feels like such an achievement. Mm. And yeah, it's really big. Yeah. Mm. I don't have a, I don't have a story. There. Yeah, Chilly Chin- was just all, she she had English down from day dot. So unfortunately, so, so but no one ever quizzed me on my French. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's been nice to see lots of like messages of support from mm-hmm. different sort of areas of life, just in general. School friends, work colleagues, um, family, obviously friends so yeah it's just really nice to see the reception we've got so far it's not even out yet so mm. let's talk about the tone of the book i know you retouched on it earlier mm. but did you draw from any writing in like references whilst writing or was it just a case of this is the podcast this is what we're about and we're gonna write we sort of kept it close to the podcast i think right? it's close to the podcast yeah. i mean there was some bits of shade that had to be removed because of um <laughs> Chini got a bit too shady. I think I got a bit too yeah, shady. Got, mm, I didn't want to. Mm, the shade was control like, was on. The whole libel and all this def- defamation oh, had to be yeah. removed. Okay, okay, okay. So, whereas we could say it on the podcast, which is ironic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, Do you want someone to listen to it and be like, mm, we're going <laughs> to. Yes. It's, free speech, gonna, guys. I it's okay, I won't repeat it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's we kept it as close to the podcast as we could, whilst also making it an informative book because. Mm. I think it's more of getting the information down. Mm. Um, so yeah, you will see little quips, little bits of shade. Mm-hmm. Um, so it will be a bit similar, but I would say it's also more informative. More info- yeah. yeah. Not that the podcast isn't, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. just more, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You can say more, explore more. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any um, specific chapters that you're excited for Ooh. your audience or readers to get into? 
for me, it's when I was reading the audiobook, there were bits that I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, I can't wait for someone to read that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it kind of goes back to a question around some of my favourite, um, our favourite episodes. Yeah. For me, Egypt, because we always talk about... Those pyramids. Yeah. Tilly never wants to approach it from a pyramid perspective. So we 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 never will. We never will. I've been that's been vetoed. So we always try and especially when it comes to Egypt and places that I think people are quite familiar with, we try and find an angle that's slightly different. And so with that, one of my favourite, because I think it was a yeah, was um Doria Shafiq. So she's a woman that we explore as part of Egypt. And that was just learning about her story was incredible guys honestly find out who this woman is she was a fantastic trailblazer um of her time and so for me that's one of the kind of episodes and actually i think throughout the book there are elements where we do try and bring in women and their stories because i do think Mm. we try and make a conscious effort to really think about okay a lot of history is very much male dominated and so we don't want to lose the fact that there were women's women voices within that. So in some chapters where we have got a story, we always try and see, find a way to kind of embed kind of what was the role of women and were there specific women that we can highlight and things like that. So I think that's some of the things that I'm really excited about and just people just getting a bit of insight and be like, I'm going to go home and purchase another book or I'm going to go home and Google that or read this journal or whatever. So yeah quite similar so um i've got the march on grand basson which was really really good nice yeah so that was um cote d'ivoire so um that's like a women's uprising against the colonial government and yeah it just shows an example of women mobilizing during colonial times what was your favorite part about writing the book did you have a favorite part of the process or part of the writing when we saw it in all formatted oh, on yeah. PDF. Yeah. We'd been working on Word and stuff and mm. had a folder system, colour coding, <laughs> all of this stuff. And I think we'd been reading it together and I felt like that was starting to feel like, oh, we're doing this thing. But I think the first time that I saw it on a PDF on my screen and I was like, I think we're writing a book. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it just confirmed it for me that then I was like, I think for me that was that moment. Yeah. Would you say the same for you, Chini? Yeah. I think so i also quite like the airbnbs though they were quite nice oh we had, we had like we really <laughs> i feel like we paid I quite a lot spent deal. a lot of detail in terms of selecting the airbnb of course i got a good deal made friends with the <laughs> the owner what was wait, what was that play what was in tunbridge wells tunbridge wells oh my gosh there <laughs> isn't it ask us where it is we'll send it to we'll you because link. wow william my god yeah honestly literally yeah. we they had it was like um kind of a flat there were two flats two flats yeah yeah and they both had like different themes so when we booked it we booked the the first time when we went to i think the regal one yeah we went to kind of the regal one we were Mm. like oh my gosh we love this honestly absolutely stunning and then we were like okay let's try the next (laughs) the next flat so the next retreat we we booked the house of selfies it had a bathtub in the living room and dining area like it was incredible we will hook you up if you're f- fancy going to Tunbridge send, Wells. Drop us a DM. Yeah, we'll send it to you because honestly, really amazing. Yeah, really good. You guys have mentioned these retreats. Like, what did that look like for the writing process? It, it sounds... It varies. Yeah, so some of the early days were really around just actually finishing off the writing. And then the later ones were really around just doing it out loud and making sure that the voice was the same, checking the copy editor stuff. So yeah, 
it kind of varies through the different processes. So when we're still working relatively separately in the earlier stages, we just separate and just write in different rooms, etc. And then as the process nears to a close, then we then kind of, it's, bit, it's a lot more collaborative. There were also lots of days at the British Library. Yeah, the British Library is weird because it's the only library I know that you can't actually take the books out. So if you want to borrow a book, you have to stay there until you finish the book. Oh, wow. And some of those rooms are cold. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You, you can't, can't bring water in. You can't take water. You can't take water. Uh-huh. You can't oh, take water. <laughs> you can't take water. You can't take a pen. You can't take pens. The man even once was like, you're not really allowed creams. And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> Serious? You want me to be actually? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, Let's. you're not we're not really supposed to take cream. <laughs> just like, and I remember, I think the fa- <laughs> bit that I found most shocking is like, as you're walking out and you've put your books back, yeah, you have to open up your, your la- you have to open yeah. up your laptop. Yeah. Why are people ripping out pages in books? Yeah, apparently people put pages in their laptops or they'll try and take the book home because you again, it's a library, but you can't wow. take the books home. Um, <laughs> yeah, because the first time I went, I was like, yes, yeah, so I can take it home, right? Mm-mm. No, you gotta stay here. What's that? That's why we have a reading room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you not see all of these people? All these people stay <laughs> here. Yeah, it's not out of choice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that oh, was. Wow. It was wild. Mm, yeah, lots of journal readings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the editing editing process like? Like, how did that happen? Was it? Did someone else edit? Did you have an external person editing? Like, did you edit one another? Did you edit yourself? Yeah, I think through reading it together, we then would edit and kind of say, okay, this is the sort of structure we're going to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, and also find that in-between voice whereby I think tone down me myself a little bit, but then also look at kind of bringing some of like Chinny's voice in my in the chapters I wrote, but also bringing kind of my voice in some of Chinny's pieces. So then it kind of feels like one voice as you're reading it mm-hmm. um, and stuff. So I think we managed to do that. Yeah, yeah, pretty well. Yeah. What was the most challenging part of the writing process? I think it's coming up with topics for certain countries. I'm not mm. going to name them because mm. I don't want to disrespect them. But some of these countries... <laughs> I don't want to disrespect <laughs> Thank you. This is why we had to tone certain elements down of chili. No. We would have been in courts. <laughs> <laughs> no, some of these countries, you're just like... What has redacted? It's difficult to find a topic. You're like, oh man, this is such a tiny country. <laughs> kind of the situation lends to itself because say if they don't speak English, for example, or it's so small, the history isn't even documented that's accessible to us here in the UK, for example. Mm. So it, it, it's, it is the system essentially. But some countries you're like, wow, it really took us a long time oh, yeah. to come up with some topics or like having to, I had to scrape, um, had to look at a topic by using Google Translate on a web page, oh, wow. on a book, to get the source that I needed. So some or like pre-colonial What's topics. Mm-hmm. It's really it's it's the problem that we're trying to solve. Actually, like came back to bite us a little bit because there's just no, no. there was nothing on some countries, and that's through no no fault of their own. No, <laughs> it's just because of the problem mm. that we have. How many drafts did it take for you to get to the final masterpiece? Oh gosh, it might be six. <laughs> quite a Five few or dra- six, yeah. Yeah, quite a few drafts. A lot. <laughs> yeah. Did you have to like majorly cut down, or was that part of the editing process? It's just as we went along because we didn't want, 
And I think with the podcast, it's not about detailing every single moment that happened within this period of time. Else, we would be writing an encyclopedia. That's it. You but to sound like yeah, it, so that. we always try to kind of provide quite a. Mm. There's elements of detail, but high level enough that you feel like yes, you understand what was going in the time. But this person's story is this, and I think it's always kind of. I don't know. I kind of see it as a book. It is very much your starting point, so it's not like a he is absolutely everything you need to know. It's kind of taking that in. I'm like, oh, actually, I didn't know this. Let me go off and listen to the podcast because it's amazing. Um, or let me go off and do my own research. And I think that's what we like is like, it's kind of like a starting point or a jumping off point for people to go off and do their own research and find out, just pick a country that kind of really interests them or resonates with them. And they're like, oh, actually that's interesting. I think that's what we try to do with the topics that we've selected is kind of select areas that we feel someone will be like, oh, I want to find out more about this Mm -hmm. person or era and let me go off and do my own research. Were there any topics in particular or themes that you were excited to dive into yourselves? I think the pre-colonial stuff is always interesting. Yeah. yeah, because we, it's always a challenge and we always say this on the podcast to try and get something that's concrete and says this is what was happening. But I think we always try and make an effort, a conscious effort to show stuff pre-colonial because things around colonization, hey, it's all documented. It's all, here's mm. what happened and it's, you know you're trying to create a balance and I think we do try and make an effort to bring some more pre-colonial stuff within this that I think is also an element I'm really excited for people to just yeah. find out about because yeah. I think it does provide a different take on it because sometimes it, get, it can get a little bit depressing not gonna lie yeah yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah but yeah it's, it's like we try to include yeah lots of pre-colonial examples of pre-colonial leaders and how um, African leaders should be also looked at in the same multifaceted way that European ones are so like Alexander the Great for example he was never condemned for having ambition of wanting more land or wanting to conquer more whereas some African leaders well find that in the book mm-hmm. but um we, we discuss one in one chapter we talk about how Samory who was a leader um the French used that against him to say oh they want he wants to colonize you like come to us which is ironic it's just interesting to see the different behaviors of African leaders pre-colonialism I've just thought of a fact that was really good right in the book. Djibouti. Didn't know that Russia... Was yes, oh, Russia wow. tries to yeah, colonise Russia had them, but tried failed. to have its own colony. Who yes. knew that? Yeah. Wow. Maybe everybody else does in Russia. <laughs> like, that is nothing new, but yeah. yeah. There's, there's some good... Yeah, there are some really good topics that I think... Mm. It's just exciting that like, it's coming up now and it's mm. close, it's close. Mm. It's felt like our thing... And I think there was a moment within the book, I'm like, oh my gosh, people are going to like start reading it. It's going to go out there and it's just been our Mm. thing. Talk to me about the book launch. Like when is the book officially launching? And how are you guys celebrating as well? Like I want to know the details. So it is out, hardback, ebook, audiobook, 7th of July. So yes, that is, yep, yep. 7th of July. I'm going to start marking that as well. (laughs) And we are, we have both taken the day off. Amazing. doing my hair first thing in the morning. Oh yeah, she's doing her first thing in the morning. (laughs) We're still trying to figure out how the two of us want to celebrate. Um, And want to do something to mark it or just like sleep. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just do. (laughs) It'll be pretty chilled. And then we've got a couple of events in July. So we will be sharing, um, a bit more information will be on our website but also on our socials that you guys mm. can join and kind of take part because I think the great thing about having our podcast is that there's it's sort of 
the pe- the listeners who have kind of helped it get to this point. And mm-hmm. so we want to make sure that you guys get to experience it and be part of the book um as well so we will be yeah be amazing if you guys can join us there's a couple of of events we're doing in july september and also the summer in october so you can't make one don't worry there's more got you covered (laughs) got others we've got others there might be more there might be more coming might be more might be more so um yeah so that's how we're kind of yeah spending time just discussing it celebrating and we're kind of doing the rounds and you'll be seeing us and hearing us in different places and stuff so yeah it's it's exciting it's exciting that it's coming through is it like do you get emotional like knowing that this precious baby that you've been working on for some time is finally being shared with everyone it is so even when we talk about it i think it just feels like a it still feels so surreal it feels so surreal yeah Yeah. (laughs) i feel like during the first launch i will probably not gonna put it out i I did start a notes page with a speech. Not gonna lie, I did. Okay, well you can deliver that then. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I have nothing to say. I'll be doing a speech for both of us. Yeah, please. Probably not reflective of both of our thoughts, but hey. Um, But yeah, I feel like when that happens and having like our friends, family, and listeners in the same space, that when I've been thinking about it, I'm like, oh my god, yeah. That for me is the bit that's going like, oh wow, we actually did this. What are we going to do? Like we literally speak every day. Just a final question. But what do you want your readers to think or feel? What do you hope that they will gain after reading the book? Mm. Readers who perhaps are of African heritage would feel a sense of pride. That's what I would certainly hope to feel. Um, And that, you know, readers from other backgrounds feel educated and also proud because it is also like the rest of human history, just the African's history has been cast in the shadows. But mm-hmm. actually we should be proud of what the continent has contributed to the world on a wider scale. And that's kind of what we want to highlight from from this book. So, yeah, that's what I would say. And just challenging perceptions. I think for me, it's about people just really understanding the complexity mm. and the challenges which different nations within the continent have gone through in terms of really under also explaining the way in which they currently are in certain nations exactly and i think having that understanding in terms of just the depth of the involvement because i think when we were recording the audiobook and stuff um a comment was made about like wow just there is so much stuff that countries like britain did that we we think we know in terms of just mm-hmm. like how they present themselves. You're not quite sure. And it's kind of this savior complex, but actually just honing on the reality, but also realizing that there were really wonderful leaders as well. Mm-hmm. African leaders, both men and women who really pushed to make changes. And I think sometimes it's about the starting point around changing our narrative and impacting that. And I think that's where that's what I'd like people to take away with it. That is such a complex, there's so many different elements to this story. It's just not just one way. And we're not just sort of, well, they got colonized and now, well, no, there is so much complexity to our mm-hmm. story. It goes beyond colonization. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's what I hope people take away from it. Mm. And that they love it also. Yeah, it's I can't wait to read it. Like, yeah, amazing. Um, what next? What's the continent? What next for Astrid and Chinny? Are we going to get a documentary? Are we going to get a film? We're manifesting. We're manifesting. <laughs> we are next? two 
huge documentary fans <laughs> that would be for me oh like for both of us mm. i don't even have words yeah yeah to do documentaries out there would be traveling um, the continent traveling the continent mm. seeing different african nations and really beginning to there is definitely documentation but stronger kind of documenting and kind of revealing even more insights i think it's a continent in this kind of so it's a stage one is very much about giving kind of a high level understanding and a starting point but I think being able to delve deeper and actually going is and telling that story through documentaries oh yeah being able to talk to more people from the continent as well something we've been doing on our podcast speaking to um for example Farida Nabarema from Togo and Hazel Najinda from Uganda for example just hearing and amplifying more African voices Mm -hmm. because their stories need to be told and um it's quite nice because even when for example, when we did the Cameroon episode and Namibia too, we had comments from people from those countries saying, you know, thanks for telling our story because it's just not really covered. Um, so yeah, just really amplifying the voices of those within the continent would be great. You know that I'm always so gassed when the first <laughs> oh! episode that I'm so happy to be here interviewing you. So thank you for asking me, but yeah, I'm going to, I don't know how to transition it back yeah, to you. No, thank you so much. Honestly, thank you so much. It's so nice to be in a space where like mm. with you with your podcast and ours, just, I feel like it's really nice to bring them together and actually yeah. talk about the process because yeah being a small doing it yourself it's a lot of work guys honestly you lot are just doing bits (laughs) it's a lot of work and so it's just really nice to be able to to share moments like this with everyone i think that's what we're yeah honestly thank you so much for interviewing us but it's been an absolute pleasure and yeah i can't wait to use your work and yeah celebrate amazing Amazing. thank you (laughs) thank you everyone